welcome everybody. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward. With our man right in the middle, it's Barry Saywitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul, and good morning to all of our viewers and our listeners out there. If it's Tuesday, we are talking real estate. I am Barry Saywitz, president of the Saywitz Company, managing partner of Saywitz Properties. It is Tuesday. We're going to talk a little bit of real estate. So welcome back, everyone. Um, I'm excited about today's show. I just Before we get going, I do want to do a shout out uh, and appreciate all the folks that helped uh, everyone here in Southern California with the cleanup from the tropical storm from last week. We're beyond that. And now today is a cooker here in terms of the weather. Uh, and I know the folks in, in Florida, uh, on the east coast of Florida, are bracing themselves for another storm. So good luck with that. Uh, and be careful. Uh, with all of that said, I'm pleased to welcome our guest for today's show, Steve Cedarquist of Cedarquist Designs and uh, author, uh, TV personality, real estate uh, guru. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and, and glad to have you here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I know you're a longtime resident of Orange County and a longtime purveyor in the real estate genre, if you will. I guess let's rewind a little bit. I want to go back to the early days in terms of how you actually got into the real estate and construction business when you first got started. I got started about, let's see, got divorced, came out here, moved back to Costa Mesa. I started about 2001. Actually, well, 94 is when I really started back in the day. We flipped a few houses back in 94 when, as you know, the prices were, you know, when we were paying 100000 we thought we were overpaying. Right. You know, now that, that was when California was reasonable. California at one time was reasonable. And then I, um, I just, I dabbled in it uh, from 2001 through 2006. 2006, I started um, my company, Cornerstone Property Services at the time. And uh, we were doing a lot of property maintenance. We started out with two trucks. And then in 2008, when the recession hit, <clears throat> excuse me, we got bombarded. I mean, uh, we were doing a lot of work for WAMU at the time. And then um, uh, we, a couple of representatives from Fannie and Freddie got us signed up for doing a lot of their uh, receivership work and a lot of their cleanup work. So all the properties they were taken back from people who either defaulted or didn't pay the rent or whatever the case is, you had to go in and do the cleanup and try and get it ready to figure out what to do with the next. Well, a lot of them we were just cleaning up. And as you well know, they didn't release them all. So like if we had a whole, like you'd go in a neighborhood, like in, let's say Anaheim, we had 10 houses on that block and we had to make seven of them look like they were lived in. Mm. So we had to park cars in the driveway, leave lights on, set timers, you know, paint the lawn. So, yeah, we did paint the lawns. That, really? is, a, that is a true story. Um, paint them green to make them look like they were alive. And we'd have to do that. And every year or six months, they would release another one. They didn't want to over flood the market where it would, you know, obviously start affecting values. Sure. So we would do that a lot. We would go in and take care of them. So, yeah, we started doing that. And then I just started um, buying a few here and there. And, uh, yeah, next thing you know, I'm, I'm the guy that's buying them along with everybody else. And so, I mean, that was obviously an opportune time coming out of the recession, <clears throat> buying at the bottom, if you will, and then fixing them up and then being able to, you know, reap the benefit of being able to sell it at, uh, at a profit. I wish I had my crystal ball. Right. I, all, right? I wish I would have <laughs> saved them all. Cause I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be living here. I'd be, 
I'd be living somewhere else in Bali or something. <laughs> and that's really the trick with uh, real estate speculation or with the flipping aspect of real estate, which is where am I buying in that sort of bell curve of the market? Uh, and did I buy right? And then I'm selling at a better place or, or is there risk with where I bought in the cycle of the market? Yeah, that's always a risk, especially lately, you know, as you well know. I mean, we keep everybody, you know, we all, we all have different opinions and every forecaster has a different opinion about what's happening with the market, what's going on. And I don't, I listened to two different people yesterday. One was like, buy now, don't worry about it, refinance in two years. And the other one um, was like, yeah, we're going to work. Something's going to happen here pretty quick in September and October. So, you know, where do you fall? I mean, I probably err a little size on the caution a little bit, but I'm still, you know, I'm still looking, I'm still making offers. Yeah. And I, I mean, to me, it, it's a function of if, from an investor standpoint, if it makes sense and the dynamics make sense, then you buy. If you're buying based on something that hasn't occurred yet, you're really taking a lot more risk. If you're buying a house to live in it, I think you have a different motivation if you're not moving anytime soon. Yeah, even flipping. I mean, but, you know, it's, if I say to flippers, people who are just getting in the market now or trying to get in the market, you know, you're going to pay big money on your loan. I mean, uh, I just, I got quoted yesterday. I just, I had one of my old, um, Money people call me and they said, yeah, we're at 12% and two and a half points. Wow. And I'm like, there's no way you can make money at that. Yeah. I mean, there, even if you flip, if it takes, I mean, what's a flip going to cost you if you go for, if you do it right with permits and plans, you're three months out before you can even touch the property. Yeah. So you're paying all that hard, you know, all that hard money, all that loan. Well, that and interest. especially in today's market. I mean, if, if interest <laughs> rates go up again, right, then, you you're know, you're just going to impact. I mean, at some point, I think the rates have to affect the value. I mean, we were chatting a little bit about it earlier, but the rates have gone up dramatically, double, more than double from yeah. where they were a year, 18 months ago. And on the residential side, then that's just right to your bottom line of what you can afford for a mortgage or, or what you're paying every month. On an investor side, I mean, it just basically whacks the cash flow. Uh, if you're renting it out, it just costs you that much more. And so to, to pay a very low cap rate or pay a very high purchase price, then pay a high interest and then run the risk that the value of the property is not necessarily going to jump dramatically. I think those are all, it's a lot of risk. I mean, it's a lot yeah. more than it was before for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why anything we're doing now, we're, uh, we're making cash offers. We're not, we're not getting hard money. It's just, it's, it's just, the numbers are so tight. You know, they were from even a year ago. Uh, the numbers are super tight. So we're just, uh, we're, we're trying to, we're, you know, we're out, like I said, we're bidding every day. Um, we're not getting a lot, but we're, uh, you know, we're getting outbid all the time. And I, I don't know, I look at when people outbid me and I'm thinking, what, what are they, what right. is their formula that they're looking at right. that I'm looking at? Right. Cause I can't make it work. And so I'm wondering what the heck they're doing. Right. And, and I do the same thing. And then you've got to wonder other people's motivations. I think some people, there's still some 1031 money out there where people <clears> have to buy stuff. They just don't want to pay the taxes. They don't really care. You've got other people, I think, that are just unsophisticated that just said, hey, I think everything's going to go up eventually and I like the property. You've got some foreign money that they're just trying to place it. And it's a combination of things. But when you sit down and pencil it out on a piece of paper and go, I, I don't know how this works for anyone. Why would anyone pay this? And then somebody does. It's uh, yeah, it's a dilemma. Yeah. After here, I'm leaving here today. I'm going to um, I made an offer on a place around the corner and. And, uh, yeah, they didn't counter me. They just flat out refused me, but they said, well, we want to put it on the market first and for a week and see how it goes. And 
you know, here it goes. No right, so day. then you stand in the street and then shoo people away and go, no, it's already sold. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Put a sold sign out <laughs> or, front. Or, or you dance in your underwear on the front lawn and then people will be like, forget exactly. it, I'm not going to buy here. Exactly. But so let's, let's go back a little bit. So you, yeah. you get into the construction business, come out of the recession, obviously an opportune time to buy properties then. Uh, good market as it's continuing to, at that time, slowly rise, but mm-hmm. rise and come back. I mean, I had no place to go but up uh, between, I'm going to call it 2011, 2012, and, you know, 2017 or even recently. And then all of a sudden COVID hits. And so w- what happened to your business during COVID? Good, bad, on hold? No. Um, during COVID, I was... Um I had I had a couple of buy and holds at the time that I was just working on. I couldn't get anything through the city. I had a condo in Costa Mesa that I bought that I was just going to flip, and I picked it up relatively cheap. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to sit on it. I'm just going to sit on this one. And I had another one for uh, another one I had uh, out of state. I just sat on them and did uh, just kind of went between the two properties and did the work, most of the work myself. And then I did work for other people. I had a couple other, I did a big uh, commercial project out in um, Montebello, big trucking company, uh, Honolulu Freight Lines. They wanted to do their whole theme. So that, that took me a good six months to do that. Um, so I, I don't know, I just kind of. Um, but the flip market during COVID, tough. I mean, right? I mean, first of all, people can't even come and see the property. Second of all, tough to get people to work in a group setting. Couldn't even get in Home Depot. Couldn't even and, get. And supply chain issues, right? You, so. Well, the thing it was with me, it was like, I'm trying to design places. Like I designed both two condos and that I bought and I tried to, I designed them literally by past things I've done. I couldn't even get into like floor and decor or any of my normal supply houses. They were all like, had the, you know, the barricades up and, you know, right. the, so I'm designing by, by looking on the, you know, the computer. Well, that looks good. And I think I'll do that. And then you get it there and you're like, Oh man, that doesn't look good. You know? So um, there was a lot of buy returns, buy returns. And then sometimes they wouldn't take the returns cause you know, it might have COVID on it and, or, or you just couldn't get what you needed. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so I hate dwelling on the COVID stuff cause it's, uh, Oh, it's coming uh, back, man. Come I, on now. I know, I know. And so <laughs> you will know, uh, I'm hoping we're not shut down and back to where we were, but so now you're in the post COVID era, so to speak, even though COVID's still around, but from an economic standpoint, we're past all of those other challenges <clears throat> for the most part, but still, have issues with the fact that you have inflation, construction costs just through the roof, labor also, um, which all adds to the cost of flipping a house or a construction job or whatever you're doing. What are the challenges that you're seeing today other than the overall one, which is how do I make the steel pencil, right? I mean, are you still having a labor issue to get people to work? You know, it's it. that's an interesting take because um, I would say a year ago, I would um, I had a, I had a real problem getting subs. And, you know, you want to get good subs. You want to get good, obviously good licensed subs because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of unscrupulous people that go out and they try to take advantage of people that are not using permits and being licensed. They'll get pretend injured on your job and try to sue you. So it's be, co- be cognizant of that. It's, it's, it's important. You know, I mean, you could lose a lot. I tell homeowners all the time that, you know, don't, don't be dumb. You know, I mean, it's good work's not cheap and cheap work is not good. But um, yeah, finding uh, finding good subs it was hard to do. Now in the past three months, I've had subs call me yeah, that haven't talked I, to me I in agree. a year, and now they're like, "Oh, hey, remember me?" And I'm like, yeah. "Right, humping for work." Right? Yeah, you're I the mean, guy that told me to go pound sand because you you know I wasn't paying you enough or whatever. 
you know, so, and, and, now, you, and now you don't need half up front and now you're available to start tomorrow. Right. I mean, these are, whereas a year ago it was, I mean, I literally had people say, look, I'm booked for four months or six months, right? I'll, you can yeah. just call me then. I'm not taking on any more work. I, I found that as well. We've been interviewing to bring on more construction folks for our in-house staff. And uh, I've got more people that are handymen that are applying than ever before. And I think part of that is it's very hard to get new jobs. And now with inflation and people pulling back on their spending, people aren't remodeling the bathroom or the kitchen or the patio like they used to. Uh, and and so all these guys are now back to you know trying to get new business. Yeah, yeah. I've had um, I've had a lot more success in the past few months with um, more. You know, before you, you know, you know, it is, we we'd call a drywall guy. We'd be lucky if we get the guy out and we're like, oh God. You right. Know? Now you're like, I can actually get three bids. Ex- exactly. I can get three bids now. I'm doing, um, I've just, I'm doing a private job for a client in Huntington Beach. And well, she had a little sticker shock the other day because um, she had a lot, she has 16 pages of stuff she wants to do. And I gave her the bid. It was like 400 and something thousand dollars. And she literally, I mean, I'm like, I told her to prepare. I go, sit down. I don't know what you're thinking, but. You know, I mean, it's it's whole thing, but I've had uh, all of my subs that have come out. I've had two or three and have been responsive. I had one yesterday for the pool. He's like, I'll, I'll be there in an hour. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's kind of nice in a way to see that. I, I kind of looked at that like back when we had the first recession back in 08. I figured that all the, we had so many unscrupulous contractors out there just doing horrible work, as you well know, just messing things up, just rooting people off. I think a lot of those people slithered back under their rocks and we, we got some solid people. I, I grew my company at that time. I grew like back in 08, we, we grew from nine, 10, 11, from two trucks to 17 trucks, you know, and you know, one guy per truck, one or two guys per truck. And I had my cream and my crop of guys to pick. I mean, I was, right. we were hiring contractors but, but not today. today. I mean, today um, it's the, starting to come around. I, I'm starting to see a little bit there. People are calling me like, Hey, you got work. I'm, right, right. you know, I'm willing to discount my rate. So yeah, I'm, it's, it's good to see. It's kind of offsetting the over the cost I'm, I'm seeing, you know, when we were going, paying 12 bucks for a two by four, right. you know, a year ago. Well, and, and it, look, it's no different than the residential market where people expectations are that my house sells in four days and I have 12 offers. That is not mm-hmm. normal, right? It's normal for a house to sell in 60 or 90 days and to have a couple of offers, right? And it's normal for somebody to have an asking price and take a little bit less, not $300,000 over the ask. No different than with the contractors where you would normally get a bid and then you negotiate a little bit as opposed to the guy going, look, that's the deal, take it or leave it, and I'm not available for 90 days. And, yeah. And so I, I do think it's getting better. I think it's got some more to go. Um, but I do think the, the tables have started to turn a bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to talk to you about how you got from basically doing real estate and construction into the TV world. Uh, in terms of reality TV, how, how, was there an epiphany that you said, hey, I want to be on TV? Did the phone ring and they said, hey, Steve, we're calling? How, how did that go in terms of your entree into that world? Not many people know this, but I was actually in the TV world when I was a kid. I worked, um, we were, we worked, I worked in the art department, the set department. My dad did a lot of set work for Paramount. So I was on set at Paramount at least twice a week working on the good old, you remember the show um, Family Ties with oh, yeah. Michael J. Fox? We were on the same we were on the same stage. So we had Family Ties, Webster. Um, it was another show. I forgot what it was. but uh, And then we did with Cannell Productions. We did with this show called Riptide and Hardcastle McCormick. And so we were around that quite a bit. And um, I was around it, and we were friends with Alex Garris and um, his wife, 
because my sister was um, Richard Simmons' manager. So we were up in that life quite a bit, you know, around there. I was watching, how I got back into it was I was watching an episode of um, Flipper Flop, uh, season one, and I saw the guy that they had, and I just... I just thought, you know, I wonder if he, the work didn't look that good. So I was like, I texted, I, I did a message on Facebook and within 15 minutes I got a text back and they're like, Hey, we know who you are and we've seen your work, but we'd like to meet you tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, cool. Where? <laughs> and then we have a house in Westminster. So I went there and I met Tarek and I met Pete, his business partner, good people. Tarek's just salt of the earth kind of guy. And, and Pete too. They're great. They're great people. You know, they're, they're definitely, um, salt and pepper you know they're they're just they're so complete polar opposites it's so funny we did a house um that was an interesting house doing in a a community uh i did that farm pretty quick we did that like in two weeks had a lot of hiccups with that house because they you know when you take over a house and and you gotta let people you know people literally moving out when you're trying to get the work done so we uh we did that farm and then they said they said hey we love your work we'd like to have you on camera and i'm like when he goes uh tomorrow (laughs) You're going to be, you're going to be, this is the, this is the last season. Uh, this is the last episode of season two. And so I went up, uh, first time I'd met Christina. She's such a sweetheart as well. She's such a good person, good, good human being. Met her and um, her and I formed a really close friendship at the time. Uh, just, uh, we used to lobby Tarek quite a bit because we, you know, the, you know, during the scouting, they'd go out and look at houses and stuff. I found a house that if you look at an episode called Freeway Flip, as a house that they weren't going to put on camera. And I, I brought Christina because I had this epiphany of this house. I'm like, dude, this house, that's, like, we could do so many cool things with this house. And it became the haunted house. It truly was a haunted house. That's a whole story in itself. But um, but it was fun to do. Um, and I had a good time. Um, so I, I just, uh, I started with season two and I went so season two, three and four, a little bit into five. I left for a while because our business started flourishing. Uh, we, we grew to 27 trucks and like 50 something employees. And I just, it, as you know, in filming, it takes a lot of your time. Yeah. So we, we kind of backed off from the filming. Uh, Izzy came back. Uh, we, we were, Izzy and I were friends, you know, we were doing it and then we uh, got Jeff involved. Jeff came on the show. Jeff's amazing too. Jeff, uh, with his company, clean sweep, uh, CS construction, great guy, Jeff, Jeff and Izzy both are, we all had a great camaraderie. We all kind of worked together. There was no weird animosity. It was just, just us, you know, we, we would all, you know, Hey, do you want this house or Hey, you you know, we would all kind of work together. I came back in season 10, our final season before we wrapped, I did an episode with Tarek, I brought in our design team. Um, that was a house we did in Newport. The ones over there at uh, old, uh, it's one over there off Bristol. It's it used to be called uh Santa Heights, right? Yeah. 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 So we did a, a condo over there on the golf course. Um, and it was called cookie cutter because every house looks the same. If right. you, they all, they all like, if you look at them from a sky view, they all look like they're just, you know? And so we did an episode with him on that on our design side. Jeff did the construction and we did the design. So that was fun. And then I, um, and then I got recruited to do a show for Magnolia. So that was fun to do. I, um, working with those folks is com- a, a different, different game than I'm used to. But we had fun doing that episode in Hawthorne. And, and so you're still doing it. And then you have a uh, future episodes that will air uh, coming up uh, end of the year, first part of next year. Yeah. They pushed us to the new season, season three on flipping one one So um, that'll be good. And then um, I know Tarek and I are talks about me doing a couple more things with his new show, um, flipping on Musa's. So we'll see how that turns out. See if that works out. You know, it goes with the, you never know what time, if you have time to do it. 
So and that's a, that's about it on the TV side. Oh, I've got you know the new show we're doing. Uh, we're in uh, post production or pre production. Sorry, um, on a show we're doing about housing homeless, about huh. housing homeless transition homeless families. These are families that are already in temporary homes, temporary living, already have jobs, already kind of sorted out a lot of their issues. And we're um, we we've got three homes in Orange that we're uh, going back to historic, and we're building three ADUs in the back. And with those ADUs, two of those. I'm going to put it out there, two of those, because only supposed to be one, but two of them are going to go to homeless veterans' families. Because I think we treat our veterans like crap in this country, and I think we need to do a better job of it. So um, I'm really pushing for that. That's exciting. Thank you. I wish you well with all that stuff. And the the shows that are coming up now, they're on HGTV or it's on multiple networks? Um, Well, you can – HGTV is the main main channel to be on. And then the Magnolia obviously will be on Magnolia. Yeah. yeah. So Capturing Home Magnolia channel. So – yeah, but you see, yeah, it's good. Uh, just HD. I think you can get them on Hulu or something afterwards, but yeah. I'm not sure. Good. It's exciting. Yeah, and so So you got the TV aspect of it. Now we come back to the real estate. Let's sort of sure. fast forward and, and try and look ahead in terms of uh, what the market looks like. And, and crystal guess, ball. Yeah, as Spring much as we can, ball. right? So, yeah. so I'm a guy who wants to buy a place and mm-hmm. I want to fix it up and flip it in today's world. What advice do you have for somebody that's out there in the market looking today in terms of what to look for and what to be careful about. I've always said to people, make sure you do your homework. It's worth, it's worth a home inspection. I mean, even if you're buying it wholesale, it's worth a home inspection because you never know. I mean, even to me as, a, as myself, as a contractor, I'm not climbing on the roof per se. I'm not crawling under the house. I'd rather pay 300 bucks to somebody to do that for me to go and double check everything and, and put a list together. It's also good for negotiating too, because once you, if you, if you put it in an escrow and, and don't, you know, be dumb and take out your contingencies, leave your contingencies in there and come back to them and say, well, look, I found some, you know, major damage or whatever. I've I found some structural damage or whatever. That way you have a little bit of leg room. If you go into it, real gung-ho and you're like uh remove all contingencies as is you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot as far as i'm concerned a lot of people feel they need to do that to get the deal i've done that a lot um sometimes it's bit me you know i'm I'm sure you you know what i mean well look in 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 the past you know 18 24 months uh that's all it was i mean if you had multiple offers on the property you had to separate yourself from the other offers, whether they were real or whether they were concocted or whether they had hair on them, you needed to float to the top of the list so that they would focus on your offer in a bidding war. And so the only way to do that is either you pay more or if you don't want to pay more, you remove contingencies, you put up a bigger deposit, you buy it as is, and you do things that you wouldn't normally do in a logical market, right? And you're taking more risk for sure. Yeah, I've, I've actually bought some in northern Nevada that were um, sight unseen. <laughs> I mean just looking on the computer and I'm like, oh, look, it's cheap. I'll buy it, you know? And, um, I got lucky. I got lucky on those, but, um, I've, I've bought a couple through auction. You know how it goes. We bought them at auction and, and you get them and you're like, Oh God, you're dealing with the right, eviction structural or you're dealing with, with the, the tenants or, and then the tenants, right? Cash for keys. And, you know, you try to be as nice and sweet as possible. So they don't dump, you know, five pound bag of concrete down your toilet. Right. right. You know, so. You know, I don't know if you've had those, but that's uh, we saw a lot of that back in the day. So. Yeah, I haven't had the five pound bag of concrete, but I've had other other issues. I mean, there's no question that a uh, a tenant scorned is right up there with a woman scorned. It's you don't want it. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to scorn anybody. No. I just I try to be as kind as possible to people and just 
you know, if I can, if we, if there's money in the game, we can, if we have to get them out without going the legal route, we'll just be like, look, we'll help you move, right. we'll put you in a storage unit. I've even, I've even, believe it or not, co-signed for an apartment for six months. I just, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Well, we've had people show up and I've paid my guys to move them physically. They're like, I don't have help. I'm like, here, I'll give you help. I've done that. Please get out. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, you do what you have to do, but then once you get in there, then the issue is fixing a toilet or, you know, doing some cabinet work. Those are things that you would have done anyway yeah. as part of the red model. The, the issue is when you get into structural or you get into um, slab issues or you get into major termite problems or the roof, um, now you, or AC, you know, then, then now you get into bigger ticket items that maybe you didn't have on your books for your budget. And now you're pushing the envelope on what you wanted to spend. Yeah, I um I, I bought one not too long uh, a couple of years ago. I bought one in um, a local city here in Orange County. It was a newer construction. It was only five years old, and I I paid top dollar for it. The guy left who lost the house. He uh, he he was pretty angry. He took the heater, took the water heater, took just random cabinet doors. I mean, stole things that were like really yeah. I mean, like as far as he didn't try to take the gas meter i mean but those are kind of expenses we don't really anticipate but you know you always got to have room in there with contingencies for stuff like that now when you go in to make a deal so you <coughs> buy going in and you have a <coughs> certain amount of money that you expect that you're going to spend and then uh, are you penciling a certain exit strategy from the get-go of if I do this to this house or this property, then when I go to sell it, this is what it should sell for. And have you thought it all the way through to the end? Or is it, look, I think I'm creating value here. I'm not sure what the market will be when I finish because it could be three months. It could be, you know, a year and three months. And and then I'll, I just know that I, there's money in this to be made. How, how, what's the thought process? I always try to add square footage. I always, before I buy a house, I always go look at, I look at the house couple different times I, I do pencil it out and I look at my neighborhood and look at my demographics in the neighborhood who's who's buying in this neighborhood are we are we go moving into an area that's predominantly uh, more Asian people you know moving in or is it Hispanic I mean like and I I mean that from from a good standpoint and I do my design based on kind of who's moving in and I, I'm weird I won't like if I buy a house in Garden Grove or Westminster I won't buy one at the end of a cul-de-sac because I'll never sell the house to a traditional person who's function believes that right, feng, shui, right. feng shui is completely off. You know, I have, and I, I wonder why I wasn't selling it. Like you were talking about 90 days. I'm like, geez, what's up? So I finally ended up putting a divider and did, you know, change the kind of the, the approach that front door wasn't straight on. And I sold the house like in a week. Yeah. So I always try to think it out and adding square footage. ADUs are big for me right now. I think, um, you know, for, for something that the state really wants, is encouraging you to do, it's obviously the most expensive. The one I just did in Torrance, the one I just did for Flipping 101, the permit, the city alone charged me over $7,000 just for that permit. Because they figure that you're creating a new uh, dwelling, and so there ought to be enough value that, you know, we'll just get our piece too. Is that the logic behind it? And for, and for those who, who don't know out there, the ADU is basically – the state has said that you could basically build, I'm going to simplify it and just say a second home on your lot. Two of them. Yeah. And, and, and so you can basically add what you would call a mother-in-law unit or an additional unit or whoever's going to live there. It doesn't matter. But if you have the land, you can just build on in, in your backyard. You can just go build another place. Yeah, exactly. I, I think adding square footage is, especially when I'm doing a lot of my construction, I, 
we do, I do a lot myself. So I, when I do a lot myself, I'm saving money. And if I, you know, let's say the value of you know, even construction costs, I mean, it cost me 250 a square foot, even myself to build, you know, with costs now um, to build, if I was to hire that out, it'd be 300, $400 a foot. But the house is selling for five, six hundred dollars a foot or more. Eight. Yeah, and, exactly. And so there, that's where really where the money is. That's where the money is, adding square footage. Yeah. And adding that convenience because everybody's looking for the option now. Uh, most people are. Well, depending where you are. I, I necessarily wouldn't put an ADU like here in Newport. I wouldn't, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's a different, it's a, it's a different climate down here. So I don't think I would do that. I would do better, you know, Costa Mesa, Santa Ana, and, you know, someplace where you have a, the, the factor more family-oriented people would want to move in, mom and dad, or, or more kids, kids right. or their family. Yeah, exactly. So I try to you look at it take a three-bedroom house, you may get a five-bedroom house. Big difference. I've seen a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you think the, the future holds? I'm going to go short-term because nobody knows long-term. But over the next six to nine months, do you expect that the interest rates where they are are going to hold? And then does that do anything to the real estate markets in terms of a softening of pricing? Or is it still that there's still limited supply and still a lot of people out there looking for places? So therefore, the values are going to stay sort of firm where they're at. I, I think the interest rates are going to go up a little more. I, I truly do. I think that they're, I don't know, for, I don't know what the Fed's doing. I don't know what their strategy is, but... Um, I think it's definitely going to go up a little bit more. I think it's it's definitely going to affect people's buying ability to, to buy, you know, to buy. So I think you know it'll it'll trickle down to some degree. I don't think we're like you said we're not we're not even even today. I mean, I thought that about Torrance. I just sold Torrance in, and I just I want I want a nice dinner and a nice bet from Tark on this one because he's like you're only going to get one three five, you know, and I'm like dude I'm going to get one four five over. And he's like, I'll bet you. So we bet. And I did. I sold the house in an hour and I got over asking. But um, I, I, I just think it's all in, I think it's all in your design and all in how you plan out the house. I think, you know, to finding right now, gosh, it's, that's a tough question because I think it really depends on area and affordability. I mean. And so do you think yeah. that is the typical buyer of the house that you build is it somebody who's going to live there or is it? Yeah. And, and, and it's somebody who just looks at it and goes, look, this is perfect. It's done. I don't have to do anything and I could never do this myself. So therefore I'm going to pay a higher price than trying to fix it up on my own. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I think that's okay. Everybody who buys from me, we we've been known to break records in neighborhoods cause we just, we, we really think it out and we do spend a lot of money in our builds, but um, that was the premise of the show, by the way, is overspender. And I and I do I propensity to overspend at times on these on these flips, but um, I always get my return out of it because I I try to think of it from a point of doing quality work and doing it from a perspective of like if what I'm I always think of myself what I live here, yeah. you know what I mean? And if I live here, what would I like? And I and I do it. I, I have integrity when I do my work, and I I think it's super important to do that because I think, you know, you don't have the lawsuits, you don't, you know, you're not, I can't tell how many times people have bought flip houses. Yeah. I just did one for a cop in Huntington, Huntington beach. And he's just like, everything was so done half, you know what it, it was just unfortunate. But I think that um, to kind of circle back to your question, I'm not trying to evade your question there, but I think we're going to see a little bit of softening a little bit. I think, I think cause there's people can't afford it. I mean, you, you can't, can't afford it. 
I, I think that'll last until we see uh, the interest rates go down. And then I think it'll, it, it's going to go bonkers crazy after the interest rates go back down. Yeah, That's I think it'll I think. be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting to see as we get past this summer selling season, mm-hmm. it's going to slow down just because, uh, at least on the residential side, as you get into the holidays. But uh, I also think you, you're right that, that there becomes a point where somebody just says, I can't afford it, so I guess I just won't buy at that price. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah. I think, look, there's always opportunities in the market. And obviously, you're on the cusp of that in terms of looking for opportunities, creating value, and then uh, selling a finished product to somebody that hopefully appreciates it. Yeah, I'm just looking at, I'm actually looking at doing some tiny home communities. I'm looking at different areas. I'm looking at land right now to, uh, to purchase, a, you know, that has somewhere close to utilities. So I'm not going to over, you know, spend hundred thousand dollars just to get utilities there. But um, I'm, I'm working on that. I've got some ideas from that. So I'd like to talk to you more about that too. Cause I think that's something that we're, that really is needed right now in the market where people can afford a smaller home, a tiny home. And it's something that um, I think is missing in this market. Yeah. Interesting. So I told you it would go quick. We, uh, it goes, <laughs> we could talk all day. Um, but uh, real quick, how can people find you if they want to find out more information about the company or about you? Smoke signals. These are my best way. Yeah. TB smoke signals, you know, just let me know and we'll, we'll do them by Braille or whatever you want. No, I, I'm really easy to get a hold of. Um, I've just, I'm on Instagram at Steve Cedarquist um, or Steve Cedarquist designs.com. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the, I mean, I'm on Facebook, Steve Cedarquist. If anybody has any questions about any kind of uh, flipping or opportunities or has a home, they are thinking about flipping or wanting to sell, give me a call or text me or whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll help you through it. Even if uh, you're going to flip it yourself, let me know. I'd, I'd glad, I'd love giving advice to, to people. I'd, I think it's, um, you know, what we're supposed to do is be helpers, you know, and um, I, I love giving people a, a shot and telling them, Hey, this is what I would do. You know, good luck to you. Not necessarily looking for the work. I'm plenty, I'm plenty fine with the work, but, yeah. um, well, good. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show and Thank sharing you. your thoughts and talking about the company. And I uh, wish you and the company and your family all the best. Uh, Thank and you very much. Success. And we'll look for you on TV in the upcoming shows. I appreciate um, that. For those of you out there, I'm Barry Saywitz, uh, president of Saywitz Company. Thanks again for tuning in. I want to give a shout out to all the folks here at OC Talk Radio, Paul, Sophia, the whole rest of the staff. We're making uh, the show happen every week. And we will see you back here next week on Let's Talk Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in. Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.